This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Charlie Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Is the pandemic over? Depends on who you ask. But if you ask the owner of a local short-term rental like Airbnb or VRBO, they'll give you a resounding yes. We recently learned that short-term rentals generated record revenues in Denver last year, and more and more people are renting out space in their homes. So what's that like on the inside? And what is it doing to our city? My guests today are lifelong friends and veteran hosts in Denver, Pam Vanderpool and Pam Clifton, aka Airbnb. Oh, and stick around until the end of this episode. We've got an interview with election info you need to know, presented by our sponsor, New Era Colorado. Today is Thursday, March 30th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Pam Clifton and Pam Vanderpool, aka Pam C and Pam V. Welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank Thanks. you. We're excited to be here. So I wanted to talk to you both because I read this recent report in Business Den that said short-term rentals like Airbnb raked in record profits last year. And I am so curious, what's going on? Well, one thing I think that's going on is uh, that there's just, and uh, this is pure speculation. Not we like don't I actually know, but it's true. We should tell the audience that we don't really know anything. But uh, I'm any- not going to let you tell the audience that. <laughs> you we know do. A we lot. know some things. We actually but, do. But I speculate a couple of things. One is I just think that it's it's probably grown uh, since the pandemic loosened up you know so these are like post pandemic or at least post lockdown-ish numbers exactly and people just started you know uh wanting to go do more things Uh, but i also think that uh that part of it too is just that prices are so uh, oh my god i can't believe how much do you find that true perry i actually we we have kind of raised our prices a little bit though um we don't pull in as uh, many people in the winter months, people really like to come to Denver in the spring, fall, and, su- and summer. Interesting. But um, we did raise our prices a little, and that was one thing that was interesting to me. I did see that in 2021, we had an 83% occupancy rate. So we had a lot of people in there, but the total that we earned in 2021 was like 50,000. Oh, then, and you, and I'm sorry, Pavi, you rent out my house. Your whole house. You Which live is in the three basement. bedrooms. That's right. So yeah, okay. to give you some background, we're, we're pretty close to the Denver Botanic Gardens, and that's a good place to be for weddings and yeah. things like that, and not too far from downtown. And when we started in 2012, we just kind of rented one room in our house, shared the kitchen with everybody. We lived upstairs, and they were on the main floor. And then we had three bedrooms. We, my husband, who's an entrepreneur and likes the money, 
And he realized this was going to be a cash cow before I did. And so he said, let's rent out this other bedroom upstairs. And I said, well, we'll have to share our bathroom with them. Okay, well, let's see if they'll do it. And they would. <laughs> they were happy to share our bathroom with I us. I mean, I hate to be this guy, but I'm an adult now. And I would love to not have to share a bathroom I with know, anyone, let alone fun. a stranger. It's and you crazy. were okay with this? Yeah, but yeah, but think, well, money. Yeah. The answer to that yeah, is money. Okay. It's fair. greed. That's all. I mean, I used to work in a big law firm and made a lot of money and it made me miserable and sick so I wanted out and Airbnb is kind of my replacement my way to make money honestly if we didn't have Airbnb we'd have to sell the house really we, we could not afford our mortgage anymore yeah this pays our mortgage our utilities and then some and they've actually moved into their basement yeah. now we and have now rent-, rent out the whole house basically so that mm-hmm. $50,000 you made 2021 one was renting out your whole house for whole three house. bedrooms. Okay, for and three then, bedrooms. And then in 2022, we had a 71% occupancy rate. That's less than sure. 83%, but we made 61,000. So, oh, so we're, it's making, because we're charging higher prices. So you both have been doing this for a long time, right? Like, Since 2012 for oh. me. And for you, Pam? I did it for three years, uh, but I didn't start until, I think, 2016. But you both are pretty seasoned. You get how it works. Can I ask, I mean, uh, Pam, you talked a little bit about this. You stepped away from your professional life, wanted to make some money. Yes. But I also struggle because I imagine when you girls were maybe in your 20s, rents were different. You didn't Mm -hmm. have to do this supplementing to make that your ends meet kind of. Oh, so God, yes. do you see kind of where, I mean, I just, I see it as like, is the gig economy great if this is what we have to do to live? But no. it also sounds like it does still give you both some freedom and flexibility, right? That's, it does oh, give yeah. you freedom and flexibility. But having adult children, we both see how really tough it is out there right yeah. now. It is an entirely different world. And having to put together several jobs, and especially because... And this is a problem in a lot of places where you have Airbnb. Investors buy up the houses and then push the rents up with Airbnb. And then young people or people that I know uh, yeah. are in the service okay. world can't afford rent right. anymore. Right. And you're not supposed to. They've made laws in Denver that are supposed to prevent that. Well, but that's they're difficult of, to enforce. That's what I want to talk to you both about because um, back in 2017, there was this super controversial Uh, move like the city of Denver ultimately put in place this licensing system Mm -hmm. and since you both were involved with Airbnb before that uh, requirement how did it change things for you well it didn't really change things for us because we both originally lived in in our own homes so you were already the primary because the regulation that they put in place in our favor Okay, because you had to be you have to be the prime. It has to be your primary residence for yes. you to supposed to be rent it out go, as Airbnb if you live in Denver. Correct, and okay. it, it really worked because I live in an area where there's all these little row houses, and that's what people were doing. They people were buying them up, and oh. then I'd see the little Airbnb locks, and I'm thinking they're not. Uh, it's not kosher with the city on that. I know they were still doing them. I, my guess is they found some workaround where they got their mail there or something like that, but um, but. I I knew it wasn't, and I guess I, and maybe it's because we it worked on our favor, but I could see the complaints of neighbors and why the the rule is 
is good, I think, in many ways. To ensure that there's someone living in that residence full time because I know I heard uh, anecdotally sort of some friends in New Orleans say our whole neighborhood is just Airbnbs all of a sudden and there's no neighbors. Exactly. Exactly. That's a really good point. It takes away from that. The parking becomes atrocious for people who live in the neighborhood. Uh, If it's all just Airbnbs, you know. Sure. It's it's good. I'm, I'm know that there are people who are legitimate Airbnb hosts who own their own house and rent it out that are who are not present at the time because really you only have to be there 187 days out of the year. That's the requirement. Right. If somebody okay. has retired and they go to Florida for half the year, sure. then they can rent their house out in that time. But, you know, sometimes I've had guests who are loud um, mm-hmm. and you want to, because we're close by, we can talk to them and say, hey, hey, we, we gotta you got to quiet it down. Come yeah. on, you guys. Yeah. But that's rare. I mean, people are thoughtful because Airbnb reviews them mm-hmm. and they will destroy you. If you have hosts can put something in place that says, I will not accept any reservations from someone who has one bad review. Interesting. I have that in place. You do? Yeah. But I got to tell you, it's a lot harder to give somebody a bad review than you would think. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do it. It feels uh, it's terrible. It's really difficult. And I've had I've a couple, rarely done it. I, I don't think I've ever done it because they have a, a little space where you can give them a personal comment. Yes. And uh, But not- The guest. Yes. And it won't be- public. So you could mention to them, hey, that's what I do really most kind of, of sucked and that, that you- Yes. But if they, like, I like somebody who something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what people do. Exactly. But yeah, I've had great experiences since 2012. And that's so many people. I would assume that's hundreds they, of people. They compete yeah. to get a good, they, they clean my house better than I clean it half the time. <laughs> I mean, I've had a couple of exceptions that were pretty shocking as far as <laughs> not cleaning stuff. up after themselves. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> One poor hairy fellow. He. <laughs> know what he did to coat the bathroom in a fine miasma of urine but little black hair stuck everywhere <laughs> so he was remarkable and he stayed with me a month wow <laughs> wow that was a toughie this episode is brought to you by the colorado wine board because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Pam, you mentioned that some Airbnb renters live somewhere else for a good part of the year even after these 2017 licensing rules went in. Um, That makes me think about critics who would say, well, aren't you all driving up housing costs for the rest of us if you're sort of micro-renting out your space instead of saying, I'll rent out my place to a long-term tenant? Well, I don't know. Are we, I mean, if I say I rent out my place to a long-term tenant, how is that any different? It's still robbing the rest of the community if I'm 
got it rented out at a high price. But it is true that short-term rentals do bring in much more money. Right. So much more money. So I would think like, I have a friend who says, I, I clean the Airbnbs I used to be able to rent. And now oh. I can't live there anymore. Oh my goodness. So it would be like, you would be taking a rental unit off the market that someone who say is a teacher here and wants to live here year round. But short-term rentals, you make a lot more money. So I don't, how do you th- think about that? I don't think that that most of the people who rent are gone 187 days of the year. But I do think that the city doesn't enforce the investors who are buying properties. People like us, how often are we going to do it? I mean, we we have to live there. We still want to entertain sometimes. We still want to bring family in. Sure. We still want to. So we're not going to be booked all the time. But people that uh, are investors... So you think that that's the true problem when we yeah, talk about the housing I issue? Is, I think it is, is the more. investors versus the everyday. Yeah, right. I was talking Joe's, to someone. you two are that are just like I just want to make a little money off my space yeah. and right. be able to supplement my income, and I also live here. I was talking to someone about a realtor about uh, she called to ask if we wanted to sell our house. We don't have our house on the market right now, but. Um, one thing she said to me was, you know, you can sell that Airbnb business. You can sell that to whoever wants to buy your home. If an investor comes, she, I've seen she does, that in real estate ads. Yeah, she does that high-end kind of client. Oh, don't worry, she told me. They aren't going to worry about interest rates because they'll pay cash. And she sells places in Dubai and all around the world. Oh, my god! And she says, you can get good money for that Airbnb business. And I knew she meant an investor was going to take my house and then and just use turn it, it into their investment property. Yeah. So it's tough. They, I know the city requires that you put your license number on your listing. So, but, and, and in order to get a license, you have to prove that you have a utility bill or, mm-hmm. you know, things that show that you live in the place. So you would think that would do it, but I know that it's there's rampant it's investors rampantly breaking that law. So I, I want to think about the kind of people, like the people that come to visit Denver and stay in Airbnbs like yours. Um, I'm sure they have certain expectations. So I think you two would know better than anyone. What are people looking for when they come to visit Denver? Besides marijuana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is me dancing around the weed question for sure. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you can't dance around it if you have an Airbnb. That's for sure. Well, I think there's more places now uh, that... um, Oh, yeah. That That are uh, 420 friendly. Yes, exactly. I mean, all over the United States. Yes. But, you know, a few years ago, that was a really big change for us when Denver uh, accepted that. And we were probably, what, one of four states maybe or some three states that did that. And... um, and it's, uh, I was always amazed, uh, especially because I just rent out a room, how many people would come, uh, they would go ask where the closest, you know, dispensary, uh, dispensary <laughs> was, and that was it. They, and then, and the closest 7-Eleven, and they would hit the dispensary, <laughs> they'd come back with three bags from 7-Eleven filled oh, with yeah. food, Junk food. Uh, yeah. and go up to that bedroom and I wouldn't see him for about three days. And then <laughs> they'd go, thanks, ma'am. It was a wonderful time. And, uh, and they would and leave, leave all the marijuana and, that yes. they hadn't consumed. <laughs> oh, sure, because they can't take it on an airplane. That's or right. When right. they came for their weed they tip vacation. Us, they tip us in weed. What do That's you, how they do it. Can I ask what you do with that weed? 
I have two adult sons, so oh, it's not hard for me. Yeah, I have an adult son too, and a lot of friends. You're that, just putting it out in a bag yeah, on your. We go friends. We do. Or guests come over and we say, "Hey, I have this this, this joint thingy here. <laughs> yeah, it's, if anybody wants to try it, I well, don't. I get left left so many much paraphernalia that I'd have to have my son come over and tell me what it did or what it was. I'm thinking, like, what is that? What is <laughs> this wax thing? What's wax? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. So are true. you two? Are you? Are your Airbnbs 420 friendly? Oh, oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's not illegal here. It's not illegal. My son knows uh, a couple of um, people who flip homes and everything and have some uh, Airbnbs that are um, really marketed and geared towards they do, that. They'll say yes. 420 friendly in the title of the uh, listing. Right. And, that and, kind they, of thing. and uh, yeah. But, but I'm not that as much. I mean, I do have tourists who are there to do marijuana but because i'm close to the botanic gardens then there are a lot of weddings and so they want to put family there for a wedding honestly i thought when i started airbnb that you had to have a place next to something like that what's the draw why will anyone stay in my house right right why would they stay in the middle of what i feel like is just my regular old neighborhood oh they will they will because (laughs) you know a lot of the people who stay with me are young adults who live in the neighborhood but they don't have room when their parents come to visit, when everybody wants to gather. Yeah. They don't have a place for them, so they bring them to me. Our friend, Big Gay Mark, who I, is our sidekick I at one point. I did see a little note in your... In your uh, <laughs> about Big Gay Mark. Big Gay Mark. I really would oh. love to know about Big well, Gay Mark. Well, he wants to buy a property and that he's going to live in, but he loves the Golden Girls, and he wants to make it <gasps> a, should Golden do a Golden Girls, Girls Airbnb. <gasps> Brilliant. I know. Brilliant. For some reason, millennials are obsessed with the Golden Girls, I which know. is not a problem. I think the show I is amazing. That. But yes. I did not know oh, that. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. they are. And it, someone will pay to do that. It, yes, they do. It's just like a it's Star Wars-themed place. Yes, it's or, weird. Yeah, I thought about doing a haunted theme. I think I could make a lot of money with a haunted theme. Oh, you we actually could. are built on a, an area in Denver. There were graves under the Denver Botanic Gardens and Cheeseman Park. There are still 4,000 bodies in Cheeseman Park. Yeah, they didn't know that story. That. It's pretty gnarly what <laughs> happened with those bodies. <laughs> yeah, you could do know. a haunted. I might be, maybe I'll do a second listing. So I imagine some folks are listening to this going, this sounds like a pretty sweet deal. I could make some good money. Um, do you have any advice for someone who's thinking to, of getting into the Airbnb business? Uh, I don't know. What would you tell me? Well, she's the one that advised me. So she's I, your- I did talk Pammy into it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so good friends do. We yes. talk them into doing things that we like. Yeah. I, I, exactly. And so that she was the first person I went to when I was thinking about doing it. And she immediately convinced me. So you should give advice. I think, I think the main thing is whether you have a personality that is willing to let people invade your house or space a little bit. Because some people are really uncomfortable with that. But if you're not, then it is an amazing, oh, it is an amazing source of income. But yeah, when Pam first talked me into it and everything, and I was just, you know, I was so nervous. And so I thought, and I got the everything in and I was going to press the button, you know, to... To get your business started. Get it up. And I thought, okay, well... In a couple of months now, uh, I'll probably have a couple of guests, and then it'll just kind of take off. And I press that button, and 
about 10 seconds later, it went bing, and I looked down, and I had my first reservation. (laughs) You were like, oh, this is real. Oh, and then it was just constant from there on out. Well, Pam Clifton and Pam Vanderpool, thank you so much for sharing your Airbnb stories. Oh, Oh, wow. Thanks for having us. It was fun to see you. (laughs) Appreciate it. After speaking with Pam and Pam, we checked in with the Department of Excise and License about the allegation that they aren't enforcing the restrictions against real estate investors. It's kind of complicated, but a spokesperson told us that the allegation is, quote, completely not backed up by the data we have. He pointed to this year's record number of license applications denied, withdrawn, and surrendered as evidence of successful investigations. He said that they take enforcement, quote, very seriously. He even wrote in all caps, so you know that means it's pretty serious. Hey, it's Paul. I'm a producer on the show, and I'm pleased to share the following interview with the sponsor of this episode, New Era Colorado, about what you need to know about our upcoming election on April 4th. Allie Belknap, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me. So you are a field director with New Era Colorado, which is this super cool, nonpartisan, grassroots, nonprofit organization that engages young people in politics. And we are super close to an election here in Denver. So is this like crazy crunch time for you or what? It absolutely is. So we're on campuses talking to young people. We are texting. We're sending out mail. We're sending out postcards. This election is happening, and we want to make sure young people are turning out in force. But Allie, young people don't care about politics, right? I I feel like I hear people say that all the time. I would say that young people do vote. We do care. Colorado boasts one of the highest youth turnout rates in the country. Actually, we lead the nation on youth voter turnout. And it really, it takes Colorado 12 points above the national average for youth turnout, which is really remarkable. Young people make up one third of the electorate in Denver. And that's true for the entire state of Colorado as well. And so when we turn out, we really have the power to make change and to have our voices heard. It's the job of our elected officials and local leaders to take bold action on the issues that impact young people. What do young people care about right now in politics? What are you hearing from them? I'll kind of go back to 2021. So we embarked on a listening tour to connect with young people across Colorado. What we heard was that the top issues for young people are climate action, reproductive rights, economic justice, higher education, student debt. I could go on. I think, you know, we know that young people do take action. They do listen. They do pay attention. And um, when we turn out, it's really powerful. All right, Allie, I've got a hard question for you. In this election coming up on April 4th, Denver voters are being asked to elect not only a new mayor, but many of us will also be picking a new council person. Which do you think is more important? Which do I think is more important? Well, I would say that they're both extremely important. The first thing I'll say is that our mayor is, that's a really powerful position in Denver's government structure. One thing I always like to point out is that the Denver mayor has fewer checks and balances than even the governor of Colorado. But I will also say that city, yeah, isn't that interesting? I had no idea. That's crazy. 
Yeah, it's they I mean, they can hire and fire pretty much anyone in government. So they hold the top job for pretty much anything that happens in in Denver. But what I'll also say is that the mayor doesn't make laws. That is the job of city council. I think city council plays a really big role in ensuring our city grows in a way that's affordable and sustainable for residents because we are growing and we can do that in a way where there is enough resources and housing to go around as long as we're building truly affordable and accessible housing. And the last thing I'll say is that the mayor also creates and proposes our city's budget. And city council has to work with him to edit it and approve it. And so there's just a lot of power in our local government. And yeah, that's what I would say. So I'm hearing from you that they're both very, very important. I I, I guess I won't press you to pick just one. They're both (laughs) important and they work together. Well, Ali, we already agreed this is crunch time for this election. What do voters absolutely need to know before they vote? Oh, my gosh. I love this question because I can't stop talking about it. I was literally doing karaoke this last weekend and I grabbed the mic and I was like, there's an election coming up. Here's what you need to know. (laughs) I just can't stop talking about it. So, yeah, this election is so important. We could decide Denver's path for the next 12 years. And that's a that's a big deal. So 12 years from now, young people, you might be going to school, starting families, launching your career, building a business, deepening your roots in the city. And ultimately, I think we all just want to be able to afford to stay in the city that we love. And we deserve to have a say in how all that happens. So the most critical information that I could drive home is that it's never too late to register to vote or update your registration. It's too late to vote by mail. So you will want to go in person to a voter service center or use a Dropbox. And if you have questions about that, you can just call the Denver County Clerk's Office. I would just say talk to folks that you know, talk to your family, friends, networks, communities. When we show up and we vote our values, we can really chart the course of our city and make sure that our issues are represented. And so that's what's happening. We've got an election happening and we want folks to get out there. Allie, I have to go back and follow up on something important. You grabbed the mic at a karaoke night to talk about politics? How did that go over? So I got great feedback from people who were just kind of in the crowd. But then the person who was controlling the DJ booth, they were like, hey, no politics at this karaoke bar. And, you know, I accepted <laughs> it. I accepted it. But um, somebody was mm-hmm. so interested about it that I actually got them registered to vote online outside, which was very cool. Ali Belknap, thanks so much. Thank you. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. The Broncos. Because they just might be building a new stadium after all. Nine News reports that the team recently sent a survey to season ticket holders asking where in the metro region they'd most like a new stadium and what sorts of features would be important to them. Obviously, this is a huge change for the city, posing all sorts of important questions like, uh, who's going to pay for it? Thanks to Kyle Clark at Nine News, we know where the mayoral candidates stand. Of the 16 remaining hopefuls, only Mike Johnston said he's open to using public money to support the construction of a new Broncos stadium. And finally, a moment of Denver joy. A listener named Danielle wrote in with her moment of joy. Danielle says, quote, I enjoyed hearing about how Federico Pena saved the Mayan theater and the general discussion around theaters a few weeks back. 
So when a friend hit me up to see a movie and suggested the Mayan for a screening of everything everywhere all at once, I couldn't say no, even though it's streaming for free on certain services right now. I will say the seats are definitely not great, but that shouldn't be a deterrent for folks wanting a unique movie-going experience. For any of my fellow Hoosiers listening, the Mayan gave me big Buskirk Chumley Theater vibes from Bloomington. It's definitely a crusty old thing, but for some of us, that's actually appealing. Thanks, Danielle. And if you have a moment of Denver joy to share, we would love to hear it. You can email us, denver at citycast.fm, or text or leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood, and you might hear it on the show. Our moment of Denver joy hotline is 720-500-5418. Again, that's 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the Golden Girls about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. March 27th. That means my favorite podcast, You Must Remember This, comes back next week. And her her husband, isn't her husband's Ryan Johnson, isn't he from here? Maybe it's just my excuse to have uh, Karina Longworth on the show. <laughs>